There we go. Hey, Chad. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going? Great, man. Thanks for uh, taking time to be on the show. I uh, Of course. Of course. I, Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. You know, I was looking at your Instagram bio, then I did a deeper dive, and uh, really cool to find out that you are now the uh, head football coach at Northridge High School. That's still yeah. the case? Yep, still there. We started That's... official practice today. Okay, yeah, that, that was going to be my first question. It seems like uh, the school year keeps getting started earlier and earlier. When does, like, the full school year get underway? We start, I have a teacher day on Monday. So I'll go, like, Monday, Tuesday, I have a teacher day, and then Wednesday, like, the students are there. So cool. it's it's coming quick. <laughs> a couple of days before the chaos gets there. Exactly, uh, exactly. You know, as far as uh, subject matter, it's hard to visualize you as a teacher just because I went to college with you. But uh, <laughs> you tell uh, me all the time. <laughs> what subjects do you teach at Northridge? Uh, algebra one and geometry. Okay, so, so you, were all you, math. Were you more of a math-oriented guy, like just in in school yourself, or no? Yeah, I just like math. It kind of came natural for me, and I like my math teacher, so it kind of kind of helped me with that and then I always knew I wanted to be a head football coach so I knew the best way to do it was going to be to be a teacher so I kind of just fit in what uh what motivated you to be a teacher my grandmother was one and oh okay times it runs in the family uh yeah my parents weren't teachers my my dad is a mechanic uh and my mom was a bus driver and worked at the school as a cafeteria worker for a little bit so yeah. um really like I always just like loved my teachers that I had growing up and um, like I said, math kind of came, came easy for me and it kind of was just like a no brainer for me and right. kind of being there to help kids. And it was just a cool thing that I decided to do. What about like, uh, for you, Andy, obviously you went there for your education. What would be your recommendation for a, uh, path to get qualifications and stuff? Um, I mean, really like when I went, I, I really enjoyed you, Andy, like they, they had a great educational program. Um, I think they really did a good job, like setting us up for success, but you know, you go and you take your classes and I went actually, so I did my student teaching at Center Grove high school and then, uh, a Southport middle school. And then I was actually lucky enough to, before I graduated, I got a job at Westfield high school as like a long-term sub. Um, and then that teacher was leaving so they asked me if I wanted to interview for the job and then the counters lined up and that's how I got into, got my yeah. first job and started coaching football. With the teaching that you're doing, does that require a license that needs to be renewed? Yep. So you gotta, you have to get a license. Um, so obviously you gotta go through your, getting your bachelor's degree and stuff like that. And then you gotta go get licensed. So I had to take two uh, tests in order to like get licensed. So I had to take a math test and then um, a test to kind of just like how to treat kids and stuff like that. Just kind of the psychological part of it. Um, so then once you pass those, then you get your license and you just got to renew it every, I think it starts off like two years and then you go five years and then 10 years. Okay. See, one reason I was a communication major was to avoid math. Like, do you get the option? <laughs> do you get the option of like, I want to teach math? Uh, you know, I feel, if it were me, I would teach English. So, uh, it, the, the nice thing about it is, especially like if you're a secondary teacher, so that's like a high school, middle school. You pick your subject area, and then you're always you'll go through all the same education classes. Right. You get to pick your subject area. So, like technically, like I double majored, so I majored in math and in education. Okay, well, and that that was going to be my follow up. Like, is it okay or sufficient enough? I guess to major in education and then minor in whatever 
subject you want to teach or would you double major? Um, so like when UND does it, like they don't call it like a double major. They just tell you like my degree is in secondary math education. Um, so they don't let you like technically double major, even though you really do double major. Um, Zach Hiss actually went through the same program with me. Um, and he ended up minoring in, um, oh, what is it called? Um, special ed. Okay. So he's got a minor in that as well. Um, so you can kind of choose kind of what you want to do and what path you want to go down. Well, and you know, I, I grew up kind of being lumped together with folks who had disabilities. So I, I'm familiar with special education and, and yep. the extra patience that comes with that, but <laughs> just being a, a teacher in general, I mean, it's beyond the label of teacher, you know, sometimes you're a psychologist to kids, right? I mean, it, it, it's more yeah. than the job even entails. Yeah. There's a lot of extra stuff. I'm not just teaching math. I'm, I gotta be there as a friend and as a, as an adult. And it's just all these roles are just formed into one person. Well, and, uh, no offense to math. I don't mean to put down your subject matter, but like, how do you make math fun? Because it was never fun for me to learn. Yeah, a lot of a lot of kids do not like math. Some of them aren't good at it and stuff like that. So I just like joke with them. I try to keep it relaxed and feeling good and just try to be supportive. And um, yeah. it's actually great because a lot of my students say that that's their favorite class, even though they're not good at math, they don't like it. So I just try to keep it, keep it lively and just enjoyable to be in that room. Uh, what about like a graphing calculator? Do you still have to buy the expensive calculator for what you're doing? I I don't like for the kids because like it's algebra and geometry, so they don't have to have that nice, super expensive one. Right. But now like once they get on like pre-cal and calculus, stuff like that, then they, it's highly suggested. Yeah. But well, no, like, I still have my calculator from high school and it still works and everything. Right. I still got it, man. Texas Instruments <laughs> is reliable. Uh, exactly. With that That's what it is. <laughs> but, um, I mean, when it comes to that, is it difficult sometimes to motivate a student? Because sometimes when, when you don't know math or you just can't get it, it, it is one of those subjects where it can demoralize somebody. Yeah, it's always kind of hard to, you know, have those students want to dive in and actually, like, want to learn math and want to be there and want to try to succeed. Because, you know, some kids, like you said, just aren't good at math. But I can kind of relate to them and build that relationship up. And once you kind of build that relationship up with students, they have a more willingness to like want to learn and want to try and do better and things like that. So I think honestly, the, the building relationships is the biggest, biggest thing in terms of trying to get students to succeed and do well. When it, when it comes to uh, being a football coach and just talking about your playing career, um, were you a multi-sport athlete or was football always the main sport? In high school, I was a three-sport athlete. I did football, wrestling, and track. Okay. Um Football was definitely like my favorite one. Um, and then wrestling was probably second in track. I just did for fun in the spring because I was bored if I didn't do a sport. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm a big enough guy. I can go throw track and enjoy it and have fun. <laughs> well, there hasn't been any shortage of uh, professional wrestling guests. Uh, a couple people that, uh, that have been on here, Aeneas White, one of them, He's a big yeah. WWE fan. Uh, and I, I'm just asking, as a wrestler, did you watch pro wrestling as a kid? I, like, my dad watched it a little bit. So I, like, never, like, fully dove into it. Um, but my dad, every once in a while, would watch it and stuff like that. Well, I, I was just thinking, you know, normally, not not all football players watch that stuff. But <laughs> you, you get to be larger than life when you're a football player. Did you ever yeah. feel feel like that when you were playing at UND at the college level? 
Uh, I don't think so. Like, I think for me, it was just more of like, I got to be around guys and hang out. And it definitely like, if I don't, I don't think if I played football there that I don't think I'd be as good of a coach as I am now, or um, probably even be where I'm at right now. It just definitely helped me with bigger stuff in life. Who are some teachers and or coaches that you would say influenced your style and the approach that you have? Well, obviously, like you got Bartolomeo, who's the head coach when I was there at UND, and then now Chris Kievers is. And I love Kievers. I loved how he coached. I love how he, he was hard on kids, but he also like showed affection and, and cared and things like that. And then um, really my high school coach, Tom Logaman, is kind of how I'm at Northridge because he was my coach at Wawasee and then transferred to Northridge and retired for a year and then went and coached at Goshen. But I loved how he interacted with kids and built those relationships. And like I said, he was hard on them, but it, I mean, he made it work. And then uh, Jeff Walmer was my high school math teacher. And that's like, that's the guy that I remember like every day being like, I, I'm excited to go to math class because I get to go be with him and hang out. And now he's a principal at uh, middle school, I think. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that, man. Somebody that was a kindergarten teacher when I was in kindergarten, a male kindergarten teacher in the 90s. <laughs> like that that doesn't seem very common, but uh he's now the principal at Carmel High School. And I'm oh, like, wow. you're you're like my Mr. Feeney. Dude, you you have grown up with me, you know? So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> has uh have any students developed a relationship with you where it is kind of like Feeney where they they do have a friendship and they have that Feeney call of Epley. I, I could hear that right now in the hallways, dude. <laughs> we, uh, I definitely have some kids that I've built a very great relationship with and we'll joke around with each other and things like that. And actually I got to see one of my former players last night. Um, I recently, I just got engaged yesterday. Um, hey, congratulations, buddy. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And then we had kind of a little party with our family and, um, a player came over and said congrats and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool just having those guys reach out and stuff like that. What's your fiance's name? Sarah. Did you meet her at UND or somewhere different? No, I actually met her at a bar in okay. Warsaw. And then she actually <laughs> didn't want to talk to me for a little bit. She's in the other room right now. So she's listening to this whole thing. <laughs> um, but we were going to go on a date. Some stuff happened. Couldn't do it. And then we got back together in like July um, so actually July 20th is our two year anniversary. So yeah. And then it's been going from there. Well, and I was impressed with this too, buddy. You were the 2021 Goshen news football coach of the year, uh, because you led your team to the state championship after a five and four regular season. So did that impress her? Was she around? Well, I, always, I joke with her. I'm like, the only reason you want to start dating me is because I'm a head football coach. And then she's <laughs> always like, I know nothing about football. So I didn't even cross my mind. Well, hey, you know, she could be like Tammy Taylor. You could be Coach Taylor. That's exactly. all it needs That's to what be. It is. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> buddy. But um, going back to that historic season, what does that mean to you to be able to experience that and have that as kind of a lasting accomplishment? Uh, it was incredible. At Northridge High School, like, they've never been to state for football. So that was incredible to do. They've only made it to semi-state one time. That was underneath Tom Wagaman. So they haven't really had a whole bunch of success in terms of football and things like that. It's kind of always been on the back burner. Um, but being able to do that for the community was huge. I mean, so much community support. We had people coming up to us all the time, raising money so we could go down there. And it was just, it was an incredible experience. I was in Indy, drove back and forth to Indy three times in a week. And <laughs> yeah, that part, maybe <laughs> that part, maybe not so great, but the whole experience was, it was great. 
Well, and you know, I, I was there for the Colts uh, a couple of years interning on the field and yeah. Uh, what does it feel like to be down there on the field, buddy? And see, Oh, it's insane. The, the weirdest part was where you go there, we play on Saturday, Sunday, I go into a local brewer that we have and watch Michigan state. I think the big 10 championship was that day. And we watched those two college teams play on the field. That I was just coaching. On. I was like, that's insane. Just to think about, like, I was just there. And now you're having these huge colleges play there. The Buccaneers were there that day. Like, well, and one thing that shocked me, and I mean, clearly it's a hundred yards. It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to take up some space, but like from sideline to sideline, it's a very wide space. It's enormous. <laughs> well, and then like they put us in these rooms to like get ready and stuff like that. And they're just giant cement rooms that have like nothing in them. And I was like, what, why do you need all this space? Yeah. Like, what are you putting here? <laughs> well and um you played offensive line which yep you you are initiating contact every time is that something that you wanted in football was the contact part yeah I, I love that part about it um I like being bigger and being able to kind of push people around and obviously the O-line never gets any love so I yeah. always like to give our line all the love that they can handle what spot were you the most comfortable in uh, so my last season, last two seasons, I played center. Actually, when I first got there, I was like a tight end or H-back because they, they ran out of tight end. So I'm like, I was blocking tight end for a year. And then, but I really like guard, like guard is probably my favorite position. What were the responsibilities from position to position? Center is probably more demanding because you're having to know line adjustments and stuff. Yeah. So you got to, I mean, as a center, you're kind of like the captain of the line and you got to tell everyone where they're going be able to call out what kind of fronts they are and stuff like that and then honestly snapping the ball was uh, was pressure <laughs> yeah. just trying to get it back there and make sure it's right every time and then going to block so that's probably I would say that's probably the hardest hardest position on the O-line um, a lot of people say it's like the left tackle like the blind side but I, I gotta say the center is probably the most difficult one <laughs> You're also in close quarters, like, you know, oh, yeah. somebody, somebody's face is right there. So <laughs> uh, did you ever smell bad breath or, or have have the advantage of wanting bad breath to impose it on your opponent? <laughs> no, I do remember, I think one time I watched a guy throw up through his face mask oh. <laughs> right in front of me, threw up on the ground, and then kept going. And I was like, that's wow. disgusting. That- <laughs> That is the grit that we're looking for right there. Uh, speaking of that, did you ever have to deal with any injuries or sickness the day of a game? Uh, I was lucky enough where I was didn't get injured. And really in terms of sickness, I don't think there, my first year there, I think I got the flu pretty bad. That was in the summer, so it wasn't as bad. So I was pretty lucky in that yeah. aspect. Switching back to kind of the, the teaching part of it, I talked to a former football coach at Carmel who's a comedian now, and he talked about how a lot of athletes want to become coaches, but don't think about being a teacher. Yeah. Like should more athletes be teachers in your opinion? I think they should. Um, honestly, with athletics, it kind of teaches you and it makes you have that kind of grit in you. And it kind of helps you build that teamwork camaraderie. So when you go into the teaching world, it's a lot easier to get along with students and things like that because you're used to working with people all the time. Right. Um, I think one thing that people don't understand is in order to be a head football coach, you have to be employed in the school system. So like right. either whether that's a janitor, a teacher, whatever it is, teacher is just the, I think it's the easiest way to get involved and start doing it. Is there like board approval 
involved with being a coach too and all that? Yeah. So like when I got hired, um, I had to go get approved by the board. So they like, they unofficially hired me and then I had to go to a board meeting and get approved from the board. And then I became the head football coach. Okay. Well, and see, I think of, it's not the same thing. I know it's more involved in this, (laughs) but I think of like referees that officiate games for kids and maybe make a couple hundred bucks a weekend if they're lucky. Like what incentive is there? to being a head coach is there much of one uh honestly like i don't i'm not sure like i just love being around kids and just being able to help them and i think like the whole like being a head coach you have a lot more responsibilities um but really like it's your name on everything so like you you do well your name's on it you do bad your name's on it so um i i just think that it's it's something i've always wanted to do and I I love it. So it's probably pressure that you welcome, but like being head coach, that's that's some pressure, isn't it? Week to week to deliver. Yeah, it definitely is. Especially like, I mean, you're not doing so hot the regular season and people got these high expectations about what you should be accomplishing and things like that. So you kind of hear it all the time of you always hear chirping and things like that and people that are questioning every decision you make and, and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like it's worth it. How do you get a team to buy in and because I mean that's as great as your technique can be as great as your talent can be a lot of it is attitude and this is the plan that we're going to execute for me like I think the players just see the passion like when you're talking to them so if you truly believe in something Mm -hmm. they're going to believe in you in that like those kids are looking up to you because you're supposed to be the person who knows everything and all this stuff but like if you don't have the passion for it and you don't you don't live that passion out and coaching and things like that kids aren't gonna they're not gonna respond the way you want them to um i don't think we've gotten to this yet uh sports parenting is a little scary uh, <laughs> depending on how extreme they go what's your advice to sports parents as a coach honestly first of all let the coaches coach don't be don't be a coach in the stands just kind of you know let the coaches coach there's a reason why they're there but um honestly just let your kids have fun like some parents put so much pressure on their kids to succeed and do so well and all this stuff where at the end of the day it is still just a game like let your kids have fun let them play the game um and just enjoy it if they're if they want to be good and want to be great that's awesome but let them make that decision don't make that decision for them don't be don't live through your kids because you didn't have the success that you wanted with your kid let them live their own life and just have fun have you dealt with that before any kind of disruptive parent it really hasn't been bad um there have been a couple parents that you know you get to tell they're kind of living through their their kids so that's always kind of weird but for the most part the parents are are not that bad up in the stands I hear some some words and things like that but really not bad (laughs) well that's positive that's a good thing to hear um oh plenty of drama going on with the Colts were they your team growing up is that the one you typically follow I always like the Bears I'm a Bears fan so Okay. Um, I would follow the Colts every now and again, but uh, I'm a I'm a bear now. Okay. Yeah. Well, in Northridge, it's close to uh, South Bend, more the Chicago. Yeah. Area, so yeah. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> I, I don't follow Chicago as closely. I mean, they still don't have a quarterback. Seems like they haven't had one for a long time. Yeah, they're <laughs> supposed to have one, and then he kind of pooped the bed. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Going to the drama with the Colts, though, uh, Jonathan Taylor's pretty upset about his contract and we're not going to get into the minute details of it but 
as an offensive lineman, a guy that has to block for a running back, how does that impact your approach at all? If you have a teammate that's complaining about money. I'm going to be honest, like those running backs should not be complaining about money. If you look at like an old lineman salary, like it is completely different. And they're the ones that are always blocking, don't get any credit and things like that. So like if I had a running back that's complaining about money, I'd be like, dude, you need to chill out. Or or if you're going to complain about money, then give me some of your money. <laughs> <laughs> that's I think that's the part of the frustration for JT is that, you know, they've paid these positions that, like guard, as great as Quentin Nelson is, he is a guard, and that's it's not a position that uh, you can dispose of. Right. Uh, what are the most important positions in football, in your view? I, I got to say it's the offensive line. Um, we pretty much tell our guys, like, we're only going to go as far as the O-line goes. So, like, if our O-line's good, we're going to be good. If our O-line's bad, we're not going to be very good that year. So, like – yeah. Having an offensive line that, first of all, great players, but then like can help lead a team and things like that. That's how that's what's going to have help your team uh, kind of go farther and win more games. I mean, quarterback aside, you're you're not of the strategy of let's stack it with wide receivers and you know try to provide a weapon as opposed to buying time for a quarterback. I mean, it's sort of right. a balance there, right? Yeah, you got to have that balance. And obviously, like quarterbacks, people are going to say he's the most important position, things like that, which is true. But I, I still think the O-line's the, the meat and potatoes of the, of the team. I think I blacked out part of last year because, you know, Jeff Saturday was our head coach for oh, a yeah. couple games off the street. Uh, and I, if you had <laughs> to bring in somebody off the street, I don't mind Jeff Saturday. But what was your take as an offensive lineman to see that happen? Honestly, I thought it was cool. Um, I was trying to figure out if they were doing it more for, like, publicity or if, like, they actually wanted him to be the head coach. <laughs> um, but I thought it was cool just seeing him do that. And I always liked Jeff Saturday. I thought he was a great center. And, yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty cool experience for him. And then just being able to see it as a head coach, like, oh, that's cool. Well, in the press conference is weird. Like, you had Jim Ursay show up and, and say what he did. And <laughs> – I love Jeff, but like it was so Ted Lasso last year. Yeah, oh yeah, for, for that to happen, <laughs> you know. And thankfully, uh, after interviewing like twenty eight people, we got Shane Steichen now. So yeah, we'll see how he does. <laughs> um, I know this because I watched Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck do it for twenty years. But can a quarterback really elevate a mediocre team into a great team? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, if you got a quarterback who's a stud. As long as you can, he can throw it somewhere to a receiver that's somewhat can catch. You're going to be really good. And then also, if he can run, like then you have a whole other aspect right there, a whole other dynamic. Right. Well, now, I, Peyton Manning wasn't that fast, but no, uh, we we know <laughs> that for a fact. But we went to school with Connor Barthel and yep. Reese Horn, who had that chemistry between one another. But what's more important in a tandem, a quarterback or a wide receiver? Oh man, that's a question. <laughs> yeah. I you got to I mean, you can play that so many different ways. I feel like the quarterback's got to be the the guy, but then at the same time like if you don't have a wide receiver that knows how to run a route or how to catch a ball, that quarterback's going to be useless. So, I mean, they got to go hand in hand. You brought up Bart. Are you yeah. still in contact with him? You still talk to him? Um, last time I saw him was last season spring ball game. So we talked a little bit there and stuff like that, but uh, nothing crazy. I think he's enjoying retirement right now. <laughs> well, and I know that uh, a huge focus uh, of him 
as a man and as a coach was to build men. Is he proud of what you're doing as a teacher? I mean, that's, that's uh, when I to talked to him, he was, he's acting like he's very proud of, you know, what I've done for football and teaching things like that. So it was really cool when I got to talk to him and he, he was very, very just nice. And it was just, it was really good talking to him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, uh, you were 26 years old when you were hired at Northridge. And a lot of guys, I think, have a hard time adjusting to the game once they're done playing. Uh, for a lot of young players who want to get into coaching right away, what should they include on their resume or tape to get noticed? Honestly, like, they just got to understand the game of football. Like, when I came out of high school, as an offensive lineman, like, I knew our plays, but I didn't understand what the plays were. So, like, I didn't know – we had a, that we had a play that was a trap. Like I just, I just knew what I was doing on that play. So like, they really just need to start focusing on, you know, knowing the ins and outs. And then the other big thing that I have done a lot more recently is, is uh, leadership books. So reading books about leadership and being positive and things like that. And I think those, that material right there is just invaluable. Bob Knight is kind of infamous for being mean. Does the positive tone go further? Uh, I, I think for me, I always try to stay positive with our kids, but I, you can always flip that switch. And I think the positive part works really well for me because they know like when I flip the switch, like it's not good. Like something <laughs> happened. Right. So I try to always stay positive and upbeat, but then when I flip it there, they know that something's wrong. And I don't <laughs> want to see angry chat on this call, but like <laughs> you have flipped that switch before you're capable of that if you need to. Yeah. Yeah. You got, you got to, um, <laughs> Let me ask you, too, because, I mean, offensive line was always a group that I stuck by, but I didn't mess with too much because, like, nobody's <laughs> stepping in front of you. Uh, right. Did it ever get heated on the football field? It, it definitely did, but, um, I mean, it's always going to happen. Like, you got you got big dudes going against each other with high levels of testosterone. Like, you guys are – some fights are bound to break out at some point. <laughs> right. Did you have any ambitions of playing professional football? Honestly, like I knew that I wasn't at that level. Okay. Like I knew that I wasn't really, honestly, I was being honest with myself. I wasn't good enough to play at that level. So once my college career was over, I, I pretty much knew that I'm not playing football anymore. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, again, not to, not to harp on Reese Horn, but that was a different guy. You know? You got oh yeah. He's a different dude. <laughs> um, and then my roommate Hayden Janey, he tried to try to go on the next level and, which I think he definitely could have. You had Ruben Holcomb, who was my roommate freshman year, yep. went and played for the Buccaneers. Like, so some of those guys and those teams were, they were dudes, that's for sure. <laughs> well, it, Division One isn't necessary to get to the NFL. Uh, division right. Two can get you there. There's there some guys that got drafted that were Division Three. Like, I mean, you can, anywhere you play, it's still football. So yeah. you might not be going up against the best talent in the world, but you can still be a great player. Absolutely. Um, let's see what else. Uh, oh, one thing I wanted to ask uh, relative to the Colts offensive line. Um, <laughs> it's been, you know, during the Andrew Luck era, there were all these different switches. There was no cohesion. Is that necessary? Like having one player in one spot all the time? <laughs> I think it is because they get so used to it. Like if you start switching guys around, they're not ever going to get really good of at, at their position. Like you, you change the guard to a tackle, tackle to a center. Like you got so much different stuff going on and so many different techniques and right. different guys that you see that they, 
if you can stay at one position, then you're definitely going to be a lot better. Well, and the, the Colts are trying to make this group that's been around for a while work. Can a change in, like, strategy be all that's needed to fix it? I Yeah, I think so. I mean, you get those guys that are working together every day, and like you said, kind of grow that relationship. And I definitely think that that old line's going to be good. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they're making enough cash. That's exactly. That's why. Yeah. Gotta, they should be good. <laughs> um, you're still early in the game here, buddy. Plenty of years to coach. What are some things that you want to accomplish in the coming years? I'd love to win a state title. I mean, going to state was cool, but I'd love to win it. I'd like to. So the previous coach, Northridge, uh, was the winningest coach in Northridge history um, with 50 wins. Obviously, I'd love to get more wins than that and kind of be the winningest coach. And really, I just want to leave a mark, like leave a legacy that, that I can be proud of. And hopefully someday when I have kids that I can tell them and kind of show them kind of what I do. And hopefully they're proud of that. I was going to ask you, man, uh, we are getting older. Is having kids part of the plan, too? It, it will be, yeah. Luckily, like I said, I just got engaged yesterday. So um, we've kind of talked about some different stuff here and there. So I think kids are definitely in the future. Okay. I love it, man. <laughs> what? Well, and two, as a teacher, I mean, do your students feel like your kids sometimes? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, can, I can tell them all the time, like, look, I'm not angry at you. I'm just disappointed. And they're like, oh, crushed. Oh, dude. Yeah, so I, I, I throw you. that out there sometimes. And it, <laughs> it, it works really well. <laughs> um, this would be the most meaningful part of being a teacher for me. What's the best compliment you've ever received from a student? Um, I had this girl who, who was not good at math, like not good at it. Her mom told me she wasn't good at it, like all this stuff. She ended up getting an A in my class and like just said, like she kept thanking me about like if she had another teacher, like she wouldn't have done this well. And like, she loved the way I teach and just build that rapport with her. And um, it was just, it's just a cool and rewarding experience when someone tells you that you're, you're part of the reason why they were successful. It's like that just, it makes you feel really good about yourself. What, uh, and we've already gone through the horror of mathematics, but what, uh, as a lasting bit of advice, what's your advice to anybody who's afraid of a subject uh, or isn't good at it, but needs to learn? Uh, use a calculator. All of my students, like I tell them, they can use calculators whenever they want. And they try to do all the math in their head and they make those little mistakes. Use your calculator. Makes your life way easier. Well, and for I'm thinking of you here, Chad, like box your answer, right? To make sure. Yeah, it's yep. all circle it, box it, do something <laughs> so I know where the answer is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love it. Oh, I bet like it's weird because I've been a student for, you know, 20 years. Is it weird standing right. in front of students? Honestly, like, I hate public speaking. Like, I'm not great at it. Um, yeah. But, like, with the kids, I feel like it's different. It's like, they're younger than me. I can relate to them. And I think it's just, it makes it easier that I just know that they're younger and that I'm in charge of them. Like, rather than, rather than, like, speaking in front of a group of adults that are choosing to be there, but, like, you're either, I'm younger than them or, like, the same age. It's definitely easier being in front of a group of students than it is a group full of adults. Hey. I think you said this before, but it keeps you young too. I mean, they'll they'll put you in your spot too. <laughs> oh yeah, they they tell me all the time, what that I'm old or something like that, and I gotta talk to them about rap music because I I still have to listen to that because I want to make sure that I stay relevant with them and right. all that stuff. That, that's a good one, Chad. You know, I'm a music guy. What oh, yeah. what music did you listen to to get ready for a game? I listen to a lot of rap. So like 
on my uh, Spotify playlist right now. It's like 2010 rap throwback. <laughs> okay. Uh, so like it was, it was always kind of the rap music to get me going. I do a little bit of rock in there, but uh, yeah, I love listening to rap. Little Wayne was probably my dude back then. All right, Carter, <laughs> one, two, three, and four. I, I don't hate on it. I don't exactly. Hate on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, I normally end on this best piece of advice you received. Best piece of advice. Uh, everything happens for a reason. That's kind of like the thing I've kind of lived by for the past few years is everything's going to happen for a reason. So whether it be good or bad, there's a reason for it and roll with it and you'll be all right. All right, man. Uh, how can folks reach out and connect with you, Chad? If they feel they want um, to. My email. So um, it's Epley C. So it's E-P-P-L-E-Y-C at M-C-S-I-N dash k12.org um you can dm me i'm on twitter dm me instagram like all right. I'm, I'm in all those places <laughs> perfect buddy well listen i i am thrilled to hear that you're a teacher to hear that you're thanks dude engaged uh yeah. that, that's wonderful and honestly chad uh, it was scary for me to go from carmel to und may not seem like oh, yeah. a lot but living on campus was quite a bit and uh <clears throat> You were a smiling face I look forward to. So it's uh, it's Thanks. awesome to have a show here <laughs> with you. Yeah, no problem at all. Thanks for having me. All right, folks. To hear this episode again, you can make your way over to at JBK on air on all social media pages. You can also get all of my content at linktree.com slash JBK on air. And until next time, have a great day and a better tomorrow. <laughs>